Good morning, church. So good to be with you. Um, I'm super excited that uh, we're going to be launching our youth ministry this coming Friday. And uh, in my opinion, the best way to launch any ministry is as a team. And so I wanted to introduce you to our team that will be launching our youth ministry. And this is Derek, and this is Jackie, and this is Karen. And I'm very excited for them. They really love Jesus. They really love the Word of God. And they really love young people. They're passionate about making a difference in the next generation. And they're filled with the Holy Spirit as evidenced by the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. And I trust them. And so I commend them to you this morning. And God, what God has called you to is no small thing, I, I want to say, Derek, Jackie, and Karen. Um, just yesterday, I was reading an article um, about a young girl. Her name is Sadie Riggs, 15 years old. And she took her own life because of bullying. Bullying on social media, bullying at high school. And I want you guys really to take seriously God's call to disciple our young people. Help them to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then help them to love their neighbor, to love their student friends, to love their parents, to love each other, to love one another as themselves. And it all begins. The, the battle is won on your knees. And I know these people to be people of prayer, but I'm just going to say again, win the battle on your knees for our young people. There's, this is like a vital time, a, a vital time in, in, our, in the season of our church. And so would you stretch out your hand as if you're laying hands on them? And I'm going to pray for them, and I'm going to pray for our youth ministry. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you so much for these courageous young people here, for Derek, for Jackie, and for Karen, and for their deep desire to make a difference, to make an impact in the next generation. And we pray for them. We pray for your anointing, for your unction, for your zeal, for your enthusiasm, for your passion, for a double portion of your anointing over each of them, O oh God. And we pray that you would clothe them this day with your full armor, with the buckle of truth, with the breastplate of righteousness, and upon their feet the preparation of the gospel of peace. And I pray that they would take up the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and that they would always contend for our young people. And I pray for our young people this day, I pray that they would know that they are deeply, deeply loved by you. And I pray, Father God, that you would help them, that you would love on them, that you would encourage them, that you be the lifter of their heads, O oh God. And I pray for fruitfulness in this ministry, that it would make a difference. Many church, church growth people say, never start anything in the summer because everyone's gone during the summer. 
But I say, what better time? What better time? There's no better time than this time. And for such a time as this, you've appointed, anointed Derek, Jackie, and Karen. So we give this ministry to you. We surrender, submit, and yield this ministry to you. Have your way in them and in our church. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people say, Amen. Thank you for that. Thanks, Jackie. Thanks, Karen. And um, so there's th- very di- um, various different ways to worship God. And one way is uh, through th- what's called spoken word. And so Derek is going to bless us with a spoken word this morning. It's kind of like poetry. And so I hope you enjoy this. Good morning, everybody. Um. Here we go. Lord, it was you who called me seven years ago. I remember like it was yesterday. I was a senior in high school, a fool not knowing what to do. Where at the time, I was at a conference, and I felt like I didn't have the confidence. Where I was, felt like I was unconscious, but really I was inconstant in you. I remember feeling so lost with all the people around me. The service was full. But that day, it felt like it was just you and me, Lord. That day... Just me and you, Lord, sorry. You spoke to me so clear today, that day. You told me my calling. I put the desire for the youth to lead the youth in my heart. I broke down on my knees, giving my all to you, Lord, but instead I ran like Jonah. I ran away from your calling, hoping you had something else planned for me. I was, a season, I was in a season where my eyes weren't on you. I came out of a relationship, and I gave it all to you. I don't know why it ended, but I put my trust in you. I give you my broken pieces for you are the God who creates masterpieces. I came to a point where all, where all I wanted was you, to be still in you, to seek you with all my heart. My desires were of you. The hurt and pain was no more. All I wanted to do is serve you. So here I am. All, my all is in you. So take me for my hope is in you, for I trust in you, and I'm sovereign in you. With a new beginning unfolding in front of me, April 2nd was the day. April 2nd was the day when I fell in love with Ohana Christian. Pastor Thomas, a mighty man of God who took me under his wing, discipling me and helped me, be, helped me to become the man of God that he intended me to be. For my Ohana group, for their love and support, for their endless prayers and fellowship allowed me to walk through the valleys and help carry me to the mountaintops. Lord, I know this journey is far from over, but I'm ready and I've answered your call to lead the youth. Allow us to sow the seeds and plant them, Lord. Allow us to be fruitful and watch our youth grow and walk in your path. Allow us to have compassion and be able to connect with each other. Allow our youth to feel safe and be blessed and protected for this is our vision. And I give it all to you, Lord. I am your, I'm your tool. I'm your tool, Lord. Use me and guide me. That nothing is because of me, but it's because of you. That all glory goes before you. Lord, I love you, and I'll continue to seek you first. I pray for revival in our youth, and that we will be the change our society needs. Thank you, church. Love you.
So I encourage you to uh, send your teenagers to youth group this Friday night. Um, you can chat with Derek or Jackie or Karen after service. They'd, be lo- they'd love to talk story with you. Well, we're continuing our series this morning in the book of Philippians. And this morning, if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Philippians chapter 3? And we're going to uh, look at verse 20 this morning. Listen carefully. This is the Apostle Paul, and this is the Word of God. It says this. It says, before I do that, can I just say, um, it's Angie's birthday here. And happy birthday, Angie. So glad you're here. Um, it says, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me read that verse again. In fact, let's, um, would you say this verse out loud with me? Let's say it together. Ready? But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's a couple of key words that I want us to zero in on this morning. And the first key word is this. It's citizenship. Citizenship. A citizen is a Next, uh, a member of a nation who owes allegiance to its government and who is entitled to its protection. And so, for example, we are, most of us, are citizens of the United States of America. We are members of the United States. We owe our allegiance to its government. We are entitled to its protection. We are citizens of the U.S. Now, yes, that's true of all of us. But that's not the truest citizenship for us. You see, according to the Apostle Paul, our truest citizenship is in heaven. According to the Apostle Paul, we owe our allegiance to a heavenly kingdom. According to the Apostle Paul, we are entitled to heaven's provision and blessings. Take a look at what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. He says this. He says, Now therefore... You are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow what? Citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Every one of us is a citizen of some country, and for most of us, we're citizens of the United States of America. We hold U.S. passports. We have a U.S. residential address. But all that is temporary. You see, we are sojourners. We are pilgrims on earth. We are in the world, but not of the world. Our hearts are elsewhere. We are committed to a better country, a heavenly country. And so this is not our home. This is not our homeland. And according to Hebrews 11.10, Abraham looked forward 
to a city with foundations, it says, whose architect and builder is not man, but it's God. That's the country that we look forward to. That's the homeland that we look forward to. And so the Apostle Paul says, but our citizenship is in heaven. Now the next phrase I'd like for us to look at is this. Eagerly awaits. Eagerly awaits. The idea of eagerly awaiting reminds me of a bride that can't wait for her wedding day. Most brides that I talk to, they can't wait for that day when they will be married. They think about that day all the time. Their mind is consumed with that day. They talk about that day often. Their heart yearns for that day. They long for that day. They look forward to that day. And when that day finally arrives, there's this air of anticipation and excitement. They eagerly await that special day. And and the Apostle Paul here says, as Christians, we are to eagerly await for that day when our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, comes again. There's this theologian, his name is John Kelly. And listen to what he writes. He writes this. He writes, Christians are people whose true country is heaven and whose distinctive mark is that they are always looking toward a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you look forward to the Lord's return in glory? In all, in all honesty, we don't talk about the Lord's return too much, but we ought to. We ought to eagerly await the Lord's return in glory. We ought to yearn for, deeply desire that day when we will see our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, face to face. But we don't hear people say, gosh, I can't wait until Jesus comes again. There's other things that we can't wait for. For example, I can't wait for the NFL season to get started. So I can't wait for summer to be over. As much as I love summer, I know that once summer is over is when the NFL season gets started. And so I can't wait for the summer to be over. And here's my prediction. The Dallas Cowboys, a perfect season, undefeated. (laughs) Wins the Super Bowl in February. Dallas Cowboys, you heard it right here. Sorry. (laughs) I can't wait for the NFL season to get started. There's another thing that millions of people can't wait for. And, this, and it's this movie that's going to be released on December 15, 2017. Anybody know what movie it is? That's right, I heard it. Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Millions of people can't wait for Star Wars, The Last Jedi to be released because many of their, answers, many of their questions will be answered. Hopefully, 
They can't wait for December 15. But I have yet to find someone who will wake up in the morning and says, Gosh, I can't wait for Jesus to come. I hope he comes today. But we ought to. The Apostle Paul, he can't wait for Jesus to come. He eagerly awaits for Jesus to return. Take a look at what the Apostle Paul says in 2 Timothy 4, verses 7 through 8. He says this, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. From now on, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to who? To all who have longed for his appearing. The Apostle Paul longs for the, the, the Lord and Savior to come. He longs for Jesus' appearing. He can't wait for Jesus to come again. Take a look at what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21 through 24. He says this, he says, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to what? To depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. He has a deep desire to depart and be with his Lord and Savior, to see his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, face to face. He longs for that day. Can you, can you sense his intense longing? Like that bride longing for her wedding day, the Apostle Paul thinks about that day all the time. His mind is consumed with that day. He, he talks about that day often. His heart yearns for that day. And as that day approaches, there's this air of anticipation and excitement for the Apostle Paul. He can't wait to be with Jesus. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we, what? We eagerly await a Savior from there the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you eagerly await Jesus' return? Do you long for the day when Jesus comes again? When was the last time you eagerly waited for Jesus to return? When was the last time that you looked forward to Jesus' appearing? When was the last time that you longed to see Jesus? When was the last time you woke up in the morning and, says, and said, Gosh, I hope Jesus comes today. I can't wait to be with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For me, like never? I mean, that's kind of weird. Like, who says that kind of stuff, right? But why? Why don't we say that? I think it's because of what that statement implies. Jesus' coming 
implies that my life on earth will be cut short by 10, 20, 30, some of you 40 or 50 years of life will be cut short. So my natural response is, "Uh uh-uh, hold on. That's not fair. What about my goals and dreams? What about everything that I've accumulated? What, What about everything that I've worked so hard for? And what it boils down to, I think, is this. We are too attached to this life. We are too invested in the present world. We are too preoccupied with the here and now. We are too cozy with this life and all its comforts and pleasures. And perhaps God's word for us this morning is this. It's to remind us that our citizenship is in heaven. And that we must be careful not to be so attached to this life, so invested in this present world, so preoccupied with the here and now, so comfortable with life's pleasures that we forget to long for Jesus' appearing. Anyone heard of the term phototaxis? It's a very interesting phenomenon. There are certain plants that actually eagerly await the sun. These plants yearn and crave after sunlight. They long for the sun to rise. They eagerly wait for the sun to rise in the east, these plants do. And as soon as the sun rises, these plants actually perk up. And they literally turn toward the sun. And these plants actually follow the sun as it rises in the east. And they'll follow the sun as it sets in the west. Amazing phenomenon. It's called phototaxis. They fix their eyes upon the sun. They're focused on the sun from the time it rises to the time it sets. Here's a quick video. It's like a time-lapse video of photo taxes. Don't blink or you're going to miss it. It's like only five seconds long, okay? Okay, check this out. Hit it. Do y'all see that? Did y'all see that? Try that again. One more time, AJ. That's called phototaxis. May we be a people that yearns for, that longs for, that eagerly awaits the Son, God's only Son, Jesus Christ. May we be a people that turns toward Jesus. That's not so attached and distracted by many things, but we look toward and fix our eyes toward and and turn our heart toward Jesus. And we're always constantly following him. I'm going to ask my friend Debbie to come up. And she's going to um, sing a, a chorus to this song. And as she does, I want you to kind of reflect on the words, okay?
And as you do, perhaps make this the cry of your heart. And so this song, um, the lyrics are on the screen. And enjoy. Let us pray.